Hi, welcome to Physionic, where we learn the body from the macro to the micro. If that's something you think you'd be interested in, then consider subscribing. So you happen to be hungry because either you're dieting or you're just straight up hungry. That's your problem. And in this video, I'm going to explain seven different ways that you can mitigate that issue. That said, the reasons you're hungry are due to a variety of different factors that include but are not limited to chemoreceptors that are found in your stomach, as well as stretch receptors that are found in your stomach. So when you get really full, let's say you have Thanksgiving uh, dinner, people get really full while their stomach kind of bows outwards. Well, uh, that actually activates stretch receptors that respond and speak to, in a manner of speaking, to your brain. And then your brain is able to realize, okay, we are full, we are satiated. Now, along with that, your blood also has markers within it that allow for uh, your brain to also realize, hey, we're good, we don't need any more nutrients. So between those three and of course others as well, we get this sense of hunger or fullness. And in this case, I'm going to give you now uh, seven different ways that you can have that needle move more towards being full as opposed to uh, feeling hungry, especially during dieting. And the first one is meal partitioning. And what I mean by that is by taking the three macronutrients. So we're talking about proteins, carbohydrates, and fats, and making sure that you're not consuming any single macronutrient in isolation. So typically you'd want to pair some of these macronutrients together. Uh, I think protein is probably the only one that you could potentially take it in isolation and it would probably be okay. But if you were to just consume carbohydrates, especially sweets, I think that's a pretty obvious one. Or if you were to just have uh, more fats and carbohydrates, that, that can lead to issues, that can lead to uh, very high calorie foods. So making sure that you're consuming all three of the macronutrients and at the very worst, just consuming protein if you just wanna isolate one macronutrient. The second one is eating whole foods. Now I realize that a lot of people have spoken about this before, but there's a good reason for that. And that's for two specific reasons actually. One of them is because you're eating whole foods, so you're eating a lot larger foods. And that leads to your stomach stretching out, and then that leads to uh, an increase in that, uh, that stretch receptor that is, is then going to communicate with the rest of your brain and tell it, hey, we're full. And that's actually really great. Now the second point is that it allows you to consume whole foods that have low calories. So you're getting a lot of food in terms of the quantity of the food, you're getting large amounts, but you're consuming relatively low calories. The third tip that I have for you is to get a hobby. <laughs> I realize I don't want that to be sound like some sort of insult or anything, but I found that uh, getting a hobby is absolutely, probably out of anything on this list, I would say getting a hobby is going to be the most powerful of them all. Um, Whole Foods is a good one, and a few of the other ones that I'm going to be talking about are quite impactful as well. But getting a hobby is more of a psychological aspect. It really completely distracts you from eating food. If you are so enthralled and so excited about something that you're doing, and this happens to me all the time, and that's kind of what makes being human so great, is that you can get so invested in something that you end up completely forgetting to eat. And it really staves off a lot of that hunger, and at least 
it can stave it off for a while so that later on in the day, you know, you've gotten to maybe 2 p.m. during the day and then you've got all your calories you still have to consume. A little bit like intermittent fasting, but not necessarily in that same vein. The fourth tip I have for you is to consume caffeine. Uh, caffeine does have hunger blunting effects, especially coffee, uh, but not only that, you'd, you'd probably have to consume caffeine or coffee of any sort throughout the day. So it wouldn't just have to be in the morning, you'd want to have that blunting effect at least for a little bit longer during the day. So kind of late morning, maybe even early afternoon. Now of course that can have an impact on your sleep, so not having it all day long, but at least it'll allow you to again push that meal uh, kind of further on. And again, that kind of falls into the whole intermittent fasting mentality, but it does help. Caffeine really does have an impact at uh, reducing hunger, but also, and the benefit is if you're trying to lose weight, that you also tend to uh, increase a little bit more uh, weight loss if you continuously consume it, at least throughout your morning. The next one is if you exercise, to exercise before your next meal. And the reason why I say that is because sometimes people will eat a meal, then go exercise, and then they eat a meal again. Now I think that a person should combine those two meals and put those behind exercise, so after exercise. Now the reason for that is because even though you might enter an exercise routine or an exercise day, go to the gym, whatever, go running, whatever it is, weight lift, and you're hungry, once you begin that exercise session, what's going to end up happening is a lot of that blood is gonna get diverted from your stomach. It's actually gonna be pulled more towards your musculature. Now that leaves a lot less blood around your stomach and also your brain is gonna be completely distracted by the exercise. Now of course it really, it, it, it's there's a stipulation there. It depends on the intensity of the exercise. If you're actually actively trying to exercise, you're not sitting on a machine and texting away on your phone, that's something completely different. That is not going to uh, distract you from your hunger. You need to increase intensity of that exercise and the duration of that exercise and because your body has to focus on this high stress situation, it's not going to be focused on hunger. Now the added benefit of that is that after exercise there is a bit of an effect that can last a little bit longer. So even after exercise, if you go into exercise being hungry, you could come out the other end and actually be far less hungry, at least for a short period of time. And then on top of that, the benefit is then you're combining those two meals, those two snacks or a snack and a dinner together so that you have more food on the back end. And that's a really fantastic way to go. The sixth tip that I have for you is zero calorie drinks. Now that's another thing that a lot of people have talked about, but just consuming water in general, again, you're kind of playing off of that uh, stretch receptor level. You don't want to overconsume water. It is possible to overhydrate. It's incredibly difficult to do so, but uh, if a person is hungry, I don't want you to necessarily just rely on just pounding, you know, liters and liters and liters of water or zero calorie drinks. But having a little bit more water, a little bit of those zero calorie drinks, at least you can get a little bit of that taste bud uh, feeling to it, uh, kind of trick. Again, it's like you're playing psychological games with yourself, trying to make sure that you can uh, push those meals on. So zero calorie drinks are a good, good way to go.
And the final tip that I have for you is to lower your fats. Now the reason why I say that is not because I want you to eliminate fats. You should never eliminate your fats because you need fat to produce hormones, to produce cells, to do all kinds of different things that are absolutely vital for your health. If you eliminate fats completely, you will die. It's as simple as that. But that said, you can still lower your fats. And there are two distinct reasons for why you might want to do that. One is because fat is the least satiating macronutrient of the three. So again, of protein, carbohydrates, and fats, you would want to focus on protein specifically, but you could certainly also focus some of that onto carbohydrates as well. Now, the other benefit of eliminating, well, not eliminating, but decreasing those fats is that you're moving from a nine calories per gram of fat to of the least satiating macronutrient to four calories. And in protein, you could even argue less than that. So four calories per gram of a more satiating macronutrient. So in that situation, you're getting a double whammy there by decreasing fats and increasing more satiating foods. And therefore you can eat more of those foods because they have a lower caloric content. All right, well, those are my seven tips. Hopefully that was informative to you. And if it was, then I would really appreciate it if you subscribed and shared this video to somebody that you think could benefit from it. And with that said, hopefully I have the pleasure of seeing you in the very next video. Have a good one, guys. See ya. What's up, Physionic Podcast? I hope that proved informative for you. If you want content, check out YouTube for the professional long-form videos Instagram for daily tips and weekly video series, and Facebook for weekly videos giving applicable advice to help you on your journey to a better you. Also consider joining the email list to get exclusive offers. And finally, if you believe in the science-based education I bring to the table, consider supporting on Patreon. Links should all be provided in the description. Thank you for your support and spread the science-based message. Till next time.